Sandeep, oh Sandeep, getting deep with Sandeep. Sandeep, oh Sandeep, getting deep with Sandeep. Wow, I'm I'm excited for the conversation that lies ahead today. With me is my friend, a very creative. Uh, creative uh, personality someone who also is very athletic and loves reading is here to share a little bit more about his knowledge his information and something that happened with him uh, yesterday evening uh, ladies and gentlemen um, we have none other than my friend my uh, athletic partner uh, here in fremont justin hey justin what's up hi everyone thank you for having me on sandy <laughs> That's, so that's your title, Getting Deep with Sandeep? <laughs> right, yeah, that's my that's podcast nice. name. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much for doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here and yeah. share my experiences. Do you, do you want to tell the listeners what we're doing right now? How are we here? What, what, what did we decide to do on a weekly basis? Okay, right. So Sandeep and I are both creators in some ways. He's trying to make podcasts, Instagram videos, workout tutorials, stuff like that. He wants to be an, an influencer in some ways. And I also am trying to be a creator. And my focus is mainly on that of music. I'm an independent uh, musician, indie musician, I guess we call it. I've published three albums. And so we've decided that we want to weekly meet up and just share what we're working on for about 30 minutes each, just to get some feedback, to gain some knowledge, to get some criti- criticism if needed, just to keep each other motivated and push each other to become better at what we're doing, basically. Lovely, lovely. Thank you. Thanks for sharing, uh, giving everyone that context. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Do you want to tell everyone who you are, Justin? Sure. Yeah. My name is Justin Wright. I have a PhD in physics that I completed this year. I currently work at LAM Research. and. Outside of science, I also like to exercise and you know, play sports, work out. I like to play music. I like to play video games. I also study languages. I'm currently learning uh, four languages, Spanish, Chinese, Korean, and Japanese. And so I'm someone who likes to keep busy, I guess. And I'm happy to meet Sandeep, who's someone of a very similar ilk. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, pretty good int- introduction. Says it uh, says a lot about yourself that you are pretty well-rounded um let's uh, <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you said uh, justin right right with a w or with a w, oh, with a w. exactly now it's a great last name because i can always say you know i'm mr right and beforehand but now that i have a phd i can say well if you can't find mr right how about dr right oh there you go <laughs> okay so you, you said um did you um uh, where were you raised where were you born mm-hmm. how are you what are you doing here in fremont Sure. I was born in Pasadena, California. My parents Ooh, before Southern I was, California. <laughs> yeah. Before I was a year old though, my parents basically moved to Maryland and then a couple years later to Pennsylvania and I was so I was pretty much raised in Pennsylvania. I went to University of Maryland. Oh, I didn't know oh, we wow. had two, two of these cities in common and then third Fremont <laughs> Bay area. Okay. Right, right, yeah. Um went to college in Pennsylvania, went to grad school in Kansas and then got a job here in Fremont. So I I've just continuously migrated across the US pretty much my whole life. Right, right. Okay. And how long have you been here in Fremont for? Three months. How do you like it here? I actually like it here so far. It's nice. I've Strangely, I've heard a lot of people say that Fremont is boring, but in a way that's partly what makes it nice, because even if you think Fremont is boring, it's surrounded by a lot of places that aren't. 
But right. you get to live in the boring safe place and you can go anywhere you right. want to later on and not have to deal with the crap that comes from living there. Right. Absolutely. Like I like going to San Francisco, Santa Cruz, but I don't know if I want to live there. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't have that feel option. safe. It feels too rushed. Yep. Yeah. Here, I'm able to leave the door open, walk outside for a quick bit. Um, we don't have a... This is not a gated community, so anyone can really enter. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would be scared to have my car placed where it is if I were living in LA and if it were a similar situation or San Francisco. Yeah, and that's problematic for sure. And I, I kind of have that same feeling too. Like it does feel relatively safe here. Right, right. And I was kind of nervous coming here because, you know, I California, even Fremont feels like a city to me compared to all the places I've lived in the past. Right. Small town, USA's, everywhere. But right. um, no, this is a nice suburb. Right. That's a good segue into... Uh, I know that when we talked about um, about living in the Bay Area, uh, a few days ago we talked about how uh, a place's food is a very integral part of the place's culture. And, and uh, you have a situation with food. <laughs> I do, yes. So let's let's get to that. Let's get to what happened yesterday evening and what is the situation. All right. So yesterday I went for lunch with my colleagues and then for dinner I had some Korean food and some ice cream. That's what happened. Okay. And then? Sounds pretty normal, right? <laughs> Unfortunately for me, it's not normal. And that's kind of why we're having this conversation today. So to give a little bit more background, I have an incredibly rare autoimmune disorder called aquagenic pruritus, where I become allergic to water on my skin whenever my symptoms surface. It's a pretty severe reaction. And as you can imagine, it's very debilitating in daily life. What if it rains? What if I have to take a shower? What if I have to wash my hands? Yes, I, for a long period of time, I used to have to suffer with all of that. However, over time, having checked with doctors and not really gotten anywhere because it's such a rare disease, they don't know anything about it, I've done all kinds of experiments to try and figure things out, and eventually I've learned that food is the trigger for it. So, so let's let's uh, slow down there a little bit in sure. terms of. So, what I hear is you have water on your on your skin. Yeah. And that's a problem for you. Yes. <laughs> and how long has that been the case? That happened to me whenever I hit puberty. It suddenly Ooh. started. But I. It's deeper than that because an autoimmune disorder isn't necessarily like, okay, water on your skin, bad. It means that your body attacks itself and that just happens to be one of the symptoms in which it manifests. Looking back throughout my life, I've always had certain symptoms of autoimmunity that I just nobody recognized at the time, including myself because you know, I'm like, what, three years old? How am I going to know I have an autoimmune disease? Right. But many doctors and stuff don't because there's not a lot known about that. But looking back, I always suffered from the similar symptoms but the worst of the symptoms the water on the skin didn't come until puberty and do you still suffer suffer from it no how uh, long since it stopped i would say about four years four years ago and And i still have autoimmunity but i don't suffer from water on skin issues anymore four years okay so you still have okay how long did you have this uh, disorder for my whole life, like I just said. Like after puberty till like how many years? Ooh, um, about 12 years or so, 12 give years. or take. Yeah, I'm not exactly counting. <laughs> right. Wow. 
How did that affect your life? It's awful. I mean, I'm an athletic guy. I've always tried to play sports, but even humidity in the air sometimes could set me off. And even my own sweat would feel like it could set me off. But it would always come at weird times. So if I go outside and I play a sport, usually I'm fine when I play the sport. But when I stop, that's when the symptoms would creep in, which is a bit strange. You know, I mean, it's probably something to do with stress and, you know, I'm not thinking about it. But as soon as I stop and then suddenly, I I don't know, like what's going on in the body that would cause me to suddenly start reacting at that point in time. But... You know, so every time after I play sports, I would get symptoms. And even though water on my skin was worse, those symptoms would last until I take a shower. Like if I played a sport and I didn't shower for two hours, I would have symptoms for two hours. But if I went and took a shower, then my symptoms might only last for one hour because I would get symptoms anywhere from maybe five minutes to twenty, for five minutes to an hour after a shower. Because the shower itself would set it off, would set it off, but it would also clean me up and get that stuff off my skin. So it, it's a very weird thing that would happen. But if I didn't play any sports and I just went and take a shower, then I would also have symptoms for like an hour or two. Like just taking a shower out of nowhere was probably the worst thing I could do. I think sweating and then taking a shower is one of the best methods I could for reducing the length of how long I would have symptoms for, as weird as that sounds. So what happened four years ago that it stopped? I changed my diet. Um, I've experimented with diet for a really long time. And I grew up in a very uh, health-leaning family. You know, we always wanted to be healthy. I never ate out. I never went out for fast food. Rarely ate out and food in general. We might have like the occasional pizza night. Okay, sure. Most American families do that. But, oh, you know. So growing up, you never ate out much. Is it because you were disciplined about your, your body or was it because of this autoimmune disease? Uh, it was just disciplined about health in general. You know, my dad's similar to me. He's an active guy. He's always outside working out, trying to, you know, make clean choices, you know, get a salad instead of fries, things like that. And I was raised in that environment. Also, ve- very vegetarian-leaning. Everyone in my family has gone vegetarian at once. And I got three sisters, you know, two stepsisters, you know, mother, stepmother, et cetera. Every, every single one of us has tried being vegetarian at some point, including me. And it's one thing I'll talk about in a minute. And so, you know, we'd get turkey bacon instead of bacon because we thought that was healthy at the time. We'd almost never eat red meat. We always ate fish and chicken and vegetables. I remember even in health class in 11th grade, you know, there's a class about health and nutrition and the body and stuff like that. And we were supposed to submit um, a mock-up of what our diet was like so that the teacher could give us feedback. And she actually criticized me for eating too many vegetables at the time (laughs) because it was like meat, vegetables, and fruit. That's all I ate. And she's like, you're missing grains. You need like bread and pasta and stuff. And I was like, I don't like bread and pasta. (laughs) And I don't see why that's better than eating more vegetables. Right. You know? And so that's kind of my diet growing up. And ironically enough, that was actually very problematic for me that I know that now. But back then, I thought it was the right thing to do. And at some point, like I said, I went vegetarian when I went into college. And I did that for about four years in college. And that was when I got the, sit- the sickest and fattest of my life was being vegetarian. Hmm. I thought I was making the right food choices. You know, I was, I was, my symptoms were getting worse, so I wanted to cut this meat out because everyone knows, you know, meat is unhealthy for you. Saturated fat's bad for you. Cholesterol's bad for you, right? We all heard that stuff growing up. And so I believed that, and I went the vegetarian route. I wasn't super strict like vegan. No, I still would occasionally eat cheese, but I rarely eat cheese to begin with because it would make my stomach upset. I would occasionally eat eggs, but that was about it. And that was only because I knew it's better to have the occasional egg than just cut them out completely in terms of uh, nutrient profiles and you know vitamin B12 and stuff like that. And 
again, I rarely ate pasta. Mostly when I was vegetarian, I pretty much just ate beans and vegetables. I got most of my protein from beans. Right. So when you were suffering from this issue with water for 12 years, what did the doctor say at that time? And what made you start this new diet four years ago? Why wasn't it started earlier? Doctors just don't believe me, frankly. <laughs> they would say, oh, well, if you're feeling itchy, we can give you this antihistamine, I guess, or try a screen cream or something. Like, they just, they never took me seriously because <laughs> they couldn't believe me. It sounds so far-fetched to them. Most of them never heard the, the disorder, aquagenic pruritus. And even if I would tell them, maybe they'd try to look it up and they go, well, it seems so rare that we're not even sure if it exists. It, I never had good results with doctors, basically. And so everything that I've done is for the most part just trying things out myself you know like trying to put various lotions on my skin to see if they stop symptoms it never worked the only thing that maybe kind of worked a little bit was tea tree oil but it's not a good solution because it's really expensive <laughs> first of all and that's better for hives than for the skin condition I have yeah no um diet wasn't actually something I was playing around with with regards to my condition because I, I wasn't I didn't think it would affect it it wasn't until I actually felt better than I realized it was connected, if that makes sense. So I was vegetarian. Like I said, mm. I was getting sicker. I was getting fatter. You know, I was coming up with symptoms. I was starting to look even pre-diabetic, and it was not good for my health at all, despite as athletic as I was meant. It's, ironically enough, during that period, it was almost the best in shape I was in my life at the same time. I was training for marathons. I was running six to eight miles every day. I was having wrestling practice later in the day. Like, I was a pretty fit athletic dude with a body fat of, like, 24% running marathons, right? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. Something was clearly wrong with my body. And once I realized that being vegetarian was unsustainable for me, I started eating meat again and can't really, things got maybe just a little bit better for a while, but it's not like I fully healed. And I was so upset about my weight that I started looking at different diets. And that's when I stumbled upon something called the ketogenic diet. And for me, that's what became the game changer. Because within weeks of doing a ketogenic diet, not only do I did I lose um, 15 pounds in a month, mostly from water weight and bloating, which I didn't even realize I had, but my symptoms pretty much went away. My injuries that I've had for years that would never heal healed, and I stopped getting uh, itchy when water hit my skin. Hmm. Interesting. So, in terms of diet. If someone else is listening to what you're saying, why would you recommend ketogenic over other diets? So ketogenic diet is different from other diets because with most other diets, you're just kind of adjusting macronutrient ratios to an extent, but you're operating on the same biological mechanisms at the end of the day. You're just getting different nutrition profiles. With ketogenic diet, it's different because you completely change the way you metabolize food. You change the biomolecular processes inside your body on how you use and store energy. And it turns out that, well, having high blood sugar is bad for you. Having, um, it damages you on the inside internally. And sometimes whenever you receive that internal damage, your immune system can react and cause inflammation. Well, it turns out for people like me who have autoimmune disorders, I'm, an autoimmune disorder is essentially your body is overly sensitive and attacks itself at the slightest provocation rather than have a little bit more leeway like other people do. And so if I'm eating like other people do, I'm constantly inflaming my body and my body's attacking itself. But if I'm eating on a ketogenic body, uh, sorry, ketogenic, uh, 
let me catch my breath for a second. When I'm eating in a ketogenic lifestyle and I have a different metabolism and I don't have blood, high blood sugar at all, I have a stable blood sugar because I'm using fat as energy instead of carbohydrates. I'm not causing inflammation in my body and instead, I'm not, and so I'm not getting any symptoms. That, that's pretty much the gist of it right there. So, so I, what I've heard is your diet changed. It was a certain way earlier. A question that pops in my head here is how did that affect your social life when you had a certain diet growing up after you, you realized water was affecting you a certain way and how does it affect it currently? And not necessarily only social, the other any impacts on other areas of life? It has a massive impact. So for one thing, I'm not in pain. I don't have to like, you know, like I said, I would have symptoms for an hour after I could take a shower up to an hour. And so that means every time I take a shower, I have to be mindful that for the next hour, I can't see people. I can't do anything. I have to be in a corner and basically cry myself to sleep for right. an hour, right. like in pain, constantly struggling. Because the pain was bad. Like I didn't talk in detail about it, but the pain was bad. It was like getting stung by bees all over my body. Like it, it sucked, you know. And the pain because of the water. Because of the water, the itch it caused. Oh, the, the, right. It was so unbelievably itchy. Like I said, it was being like being stuck by bees over and over again. It was mm -hmm. I couldn't deal with it. You can't right. do anything. And so you could say that. By having to eat more strictly, I've lost some points in social life, but by getting more freedom with myself, being able to be, have more energy, to be less pain-free, I've also gained points as well. Because I'm more energy, I'm energetic, I'm more happy now, I can do things, I'm more productive, like I'm a better person to be around. Right. I'm less gloomy and depressed. <laughs> you know, right. I definitely had some kind of anxiety and depression that went along with all those other symptoms, right. for sure. I mean, right. right. So let's circle back to how all that affected yesterday evening so we were talking about you had this food and you have this autoimmune dis uh, disorder right what happened what happened after uh, what you had yesterday right so as i said i went out for lunch with colleagues and then i had some dinner and even treated myself some ice cream which for most people sounds like a normal healthy thing but the problem for me is that it's hard for me to do that kind of stuff because i start getting symptoms and in this case, I get autoimmune symptoms, not necessarily like water on skin itchy symptoms, luckily. The problem is that one of the things that I found I'm allergic to is actually salt. That's something I only discovered a couple months ago. Salt really does seem oh. to have it out for me and bloats me. So even just eating salt alone, like I can, if I have a meal with salt, I can gain like almost five pounds overnight so and I'm bloated, I'm swelling, my joints hurt. I don't feel the same person at all. So you, you're saying uh, this bloating started two months ago? Or was it always there and you identified that salt was the reason for it? That's it. It was always there and I identified salt was the reason for it until I cut it out. I couldn't get rid of some of that bloating. So from what I've heard, there's issue. there was issue with water. Now I've, I've, I hear issue with bloating. Mm-hmm. So your skin had uh, those itches and that was definitely, you know, a huge pain. The second thing was now with your weight going up and down. Yes. You want to talk a little bit about that and how that was in your life um, after you found that you had, you know, autoimmune disease. Right. So like I said, I immediately lost 15 pounds in the first month after trying keto. And uh, I lost like a little bit more after that, but it did kind of flatline for a while and I still had some leftover bloating. Uh, the reason that I still had some bloating was because even though I was eating ketogenic diet, which is much better for me, there were still certain things that was causing my body inflammation that my body would then react to. And over time, I'm figuring out what those things are. Like, you know, nuts. It turns out nuts aren't bad for me. Like, everyone on keto eats nuts, especially macadamia nuts. They're delicious. <laughs> but after, like, a year or two of eating them, like, almost daily, I realized, oh, 
these things also give me some symptoms, so I shouldn't be eating them. And when I cut them out, I felt a little bit better. And so there's little things like that that I slowly but surely cut out one by one until I feel better overall. And I even went as far as doing carnivore diets, which is where you just cut out everything. And I felt better, but I didn't feel like as much better as I thought I would. And I only recently realized it's because one of the things I react to is salt. And it's one of the first things they tell you on a ketogenic diet is you need a lot of salt. And there are biological reasons why you do need more salt than the average person on a keto diet. And so that's good advice, generally speaking. It just turns out, for me, it's not the case. Right. And so it was a really hard thing to figure out and even accept. It's like, crap, I can't eat salt. So just salt alone is probably one of the thing, biggest things that I react to, more than macadamia nuts, I would say. So yesterday in your food, there was salt and you had a reaction to it. That and as well as the other things in the food itself. Now, Sandy, my buddy here is Indian, so I don't <laughs> want to offend him with what I'm about to say next. But uh, one of the thing we went out for, for lunch yesterday was an Indian buffet. Right. And I love Indian food. It's delicious. And I can eat spicy food. But you cannot, or you can. I can, you I can. can. I can eat really spicy food, right. actually, Mo- more than most Americans. You'd be shocked. Right. But the problem with Indian food is that there's a lot of stuff in it. Right. They use more spices. You know, like they might use like 15 to 20 different spices <laughs> right. in a single dish, right? right? And with someone like me who is reactive to all kinds of different things, that's really, really bad. It's like the worst <laughs> thing I could eat for my body. Right. Why did you go for it? <laughs> um, the, the colleagues chose it for lunch. There are 20 of us there. Right. You know, it's like okay. What did you eat? Um, I pretty much just had. Butter chicken, naan, and then there was some kind of cauliflower curry dish. I don't remember the name of it that right. I tried. And I think that cauliflower dish, man, it, I mean, it was tasty, but I immediately realized, like, <laughs> this is really bad for me. This is one of those, like, 20 spice dishes. It's, like, <laughs> setting think, my body off. You think butter chicken wasn't the culprit? I, it's hard to say. There's definitely a lot of stuff in butter chicken as well. And, you know, the naan bread, I could have... I mean, if I wanted to be as strict with my diet as I could could have in that case, I should have just eaten nothing but butter chicken, and I would have felt better. But the problem is... Uh, less bad doesn't mean good you know it would have been less bad for me that doesn't mean it would have been good for me and um even eating the butter chicken alone i would have gotten cravings of some kind so in some ways it didn't matter what else i ate and then that set off cravings and for i had such massive cravings after eating the uh, buffet that i eventually rather than trying to go back to diet or just trying to not eat anything at all and avoid these other symptoms coming on i ended up eating ice cream and ordering korean food which just continued to make my symptoms worse and last for longer and blow me even more today I, I weigh myself every day because you know i'm still trying to get that six pack baby <laughs> and i woke up seven pounds heavier today than i did yesterday on the scale it's ridiculous right and how just did- from one day of eating of food that's probably less than three thousand calories in total for right. someone who works out daily like me at least 30 minutes a day like that, that's not a lot yet i still gained seven pounds and that's because of my unique body and its autoimmune disease so seven pounds in one night yeah, and it's not fat, of course. It's all bloating. But that's bloating that makes me feel miserable. My brain isn't working as fast as it normally does. I'm not as smart. I don't have as good of a memory. My joints ache and feel stiff. My whole body sucks. Mm-hmm. So, so why did I put myself through that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> why? Did, and as Sandeep knows, this is a recurring problem. This seems to happen often on Fridays for me because I often <laughs> go out with my colleagues for lunch on Fridays. Right. Uh, what are you going to do about it? I'm going to fast. <laughs> on I'm Fridays? just not going to eat today, and I'm not probably not going to eat tomorrow, and maybe I'll eat uh, Monday. What will you do next Friday? I'm not going to go out for lunch with him. But what about the Friday after that? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I do need to come up with a better solution because the social life aspect is hard. And you know, right. I'm new at this job. I want to go out with my colleagues. I want to meet new people and right. network. I want to get to know them better. Right. And then you can in a simple work setting. So it's a hard thing to balance. Um, maybe I need to have better self-control, absolutely. 
once I start eating bad things, it's almost impossible to stop. So I'm not worrying about that. I just need to stop putting the bad thing in my mouth to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, and how am I going to deal with that? I need to. It's difficult. I know what you. Mean. It, it depends on where we go. Like in that Indian buffet, it's not like I can ask them, "Hey, I just want like <laughs> a steak with nothing on it, please, and thank you." <laughs> it's not like I can just do that. Right, right, right. So yeah. today, tomorrow, what are you going to do about it? How how are you going to come out of this? Uh, the feeling that you woke up with. Well, one thing I'm going to do is exercise a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exercising helps your body go through the nutrients that you just gave it. You know, just makes you feel better in general. It's a mood lifter, de-stressor, helps get rid of some of that bloat, sweat it out, some of that salt. What kind right? of exercise? So, you and I are going for a hike after this. Ooh, okay. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't gone yeah. for a hike in a while. Yeah, I hope you can keep up. I know, right? I hope. I hope so. Yeah. Let's see. Um, anything else you want to share? Uh, this was a good conversation. Um, no, but... How long we went, yeah. Um, yeah, I'd be happy to do a follow-up with this if people are interested or answer any questions or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so much more to you I want to talk about. You know, there's, there are other topics about street workout, music, other topics that I am interested in. And I know you are a reader, so mm-hmm. just to pick your brain on how you think and what you think about those. Sure. So, yeah, definitely, you know, I would love to create more more content around around uh, those areas yeah we can talk something inspirational and educational rather than like all depressing right now yeah <laughs> we can pick pick topics you know this was educational this was pretty educational yeah this so. and this was you know, you know this was inspirational as well according to me because when you share your story with someone it inspires the other person to hear i'm sure you know when someone else heard the fact that hey you you uh went through whatever you went through last night and this morning you've gotten up with this feeling so you know if someone else is getting up with the same feeling they feel like hey they're not alone and then they, you have uh, decided an action plan for what you're going to do so that is also very inspirational for someone who's listening to so yeah this is very educational and inspirational anyone's story anyone's story is pretty much inspirational for anyone else it's just how you look at it mm-hmm. sure so with that in mind i guess i have two closing thoughts to offer One thing is a little bit of a story of what happened through one of my worst episodes of the uh, water on skin reaction. And when you have those kind of reaction, like I said, it's like getting stung by bees. There's not much you can do. And sometimes I just sit around, but there were times that I would actually just go out and run. <laughs> you right. know, I mean, I'm getting more water on my skin by sweating, but like you're just in so much pain, you can't do anything, you can't watch TV, you can't read a book, you can't focus, you can't talk to anyone. So sometimes you just go out and run because you're in so much pain, that's all you can do. I remember there are a couple times where I'm running and I see cars driving alongside the road and I just have this thought in my head, a pure panic. Like, oh my, I'm in so much pain. Like, wait, wait, I have a brilliant idea. What if I step in front of that car? I might wake up in the hospital and I won't be in pain anymore. Like maybe, okay, my body would hurt, but I won't have this skin reaction. Like oh. it, I had that for 12 years. Yeah. And so when I'm talking about <laughs> what kind of effect that this change in diet has had on me, I'm not talking about small stuff. I'm talking about really heavy from like the deepest, darkest suicidal thoughts to like actually living like a normal person, better right. than a normal person, as productive and as accomplished as I am today. Right. So for all those of you listening out there who are having some kind of phys- physical struggle, don't look past food. It might be causing you more problems than you think. Start playing with the diet. Change things around. Stop eating sugar. Stop eating crap. Try experimenting with salt. Maybe you need keto too. Maybe you don't. But the solution might be simpler than you think. 
there you go i don't want to add anything on top of that because that was a very good end to our conversation today was there anything else that you want to share that's it thank you so much justin i hope uh, our listeners enjoyed listening to our conversation and picked a leaf or two out of this this uh thank you it was nice being here yeah yeah absolutely thank you so much justin um i hope you guys enjoyed uh, uh listening to us uh, for more content please stay tuned i will talk to you guys later bye bye sandeep or sandeep getting deep with sandeep sandeep or sandeep getting deep with sandeep